It's DTS 188. Crimson Days has returned. Information on Nightfall scoring and the new loadout mode raid changes. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny news podcast to keep you, the Guardian, ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I'm BBK Dragoon. I'm joined, as always, by my great co-host, Diddy. How you doing, man? Man, I'm tired today. I had a very busy day, and I had some fried chicken recently, so I'm uh, sluggish it, right It's now. a nappy Sunday kind of deal, right? It is. It is. It's a very nappy Sunday. Dude, those are the best kind of Sundays. Uh, what you been playing this week? Uh, I, d- I dug into some Warframe. That's right. After a, a few months break there, uh, finally built the Atarax because everyone recommends it and it's super awesome. And just trying to, you know, complete the star chart. Yep. Uh, I finally unlocked Jupiter. So I've started working on the uh, those two Europa and uh, Saturn junctions as well. The game starts uh, chunking up difficulty there if you don't have the right mods. Like that's I feel like sort of the first barrier where you're actually going to run into some enemies who are like, oh, I got I got downed there. I didn't, I didn't know yeah, that happened. When I, <laughs> when I first got the Atarax built, I equipped it and then went into a spy mission. Yeah. And then I walked up to a, a corpus enemy and I tried to stealth uh, attack him yeah didn't kill him because <laughs> i didn't have the right i didn't have any loadout uh, mods on the ataraxi yet and it was just like oh he just turned around and just stomped me in the face and you what <laughs> i got uh engorged in more monster hunter world week number two nice. i love it i highly recommend it to everybody i am reaching the final what i would say sprint for me did he where i've knocked out my low ranks my high ranks i'm now fighting tempered monsters and we're at that min-max point. Overall, what a cool, cool game. And I can't wait for those DLC monsters. Lots to talk about this week, Diddy. Another good TWAB. It's like an every other week kind of deal. Because I feel like the Nightfall scoring stuff and the new curated raid loadout thing is all pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Your initial thoughts? Like you said, this is another great TWAB. And not to say that last week's was bad. It just wasn't as good as two weeks ago. Uh, but this TWAB that we're about to talk about, I think, is in between those two. Still lots of great communication coming through on pretty much all the details that are coming down the road. Especially they they made a point to say, hey, we released the developer roadmap uh, last week. So we're going to talk about a few of these points and give you more detail. So I really appreciated that. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely good information this week. And the Activision Blizzard quarter four investor earnings call came out, which we'll cover at the end of the show. So let's go to the news. News. Crimson Days, Diddy, one of your favorite events from Destiny 1 is returning. What are the details? 2v2 clash with a twist. We don't know what that twist is yet. <laughs> and uh, new map, Burnout, which is a rework of the Burning Shrine from Destiny 1. A, a fan favorite there, I would say. And they've gotten rid of the Blinding Sun. That was noted in the TWAB, so I was happy <laughs> to see that. Yes, so it's not going to be uh, totally one-sided like it used to be. Uh, they're also, they say, 
in this description here, stay close to your teammates for abilities to recharge faster. If you separate too far away, the enemies will get a waypoint leading to your location. So that's the twist. That's a little bit different than the, how the event worked back in Destiny 1. On paper, I think it's yes. awesome. Our players and listeners uh, can go and try it out. It should be live by the time this DTS is up. It'll be up for one week, February 13th through the 20th. It is hard to believe we're mid-February already. <laughs> If you don't have a buddy to play with, they have enabled matchmaking for this playlist, which is pretty darn cool. Now, the rewards, Diddy, the rewards is actually pretty cool. How does this knockout system actually work? Yeah, so the rewards actually are earnable in-game, right? It's not just they heard the feedback about the Eververse. All the Crimson Engrams there are uh, earned through gameplay. Yeah. And the, the knockout list there, it'll basically prevent you from receiving duplicate items once you've earned... Uh, a crimson day item from that engram so that's actually really cool because if i get the sparrow right i'm not going to get that again because it's on, on a lockout list yeah and the sparrow actually the, the exotic sparrow is tied through a quest which is pretty cool so it's like a, it's it's yes. a checklist basically where if you've already earned that item you're not going to get it again from the crimson engram which is really cool and encourages you to play consistently throughout the week to get all of the items and it's Historically, a pretty big shift from what we've seen in any event previously in Destiny during the Eververse era. Yeah, agreed. I mean, just the fact that they emphasize gameplay gets you this gear is great. And they also say that during the event, Crimson Engrams and Illuminated Engrams will be awarded for leveling up. Crimson Engrams are only earnable through gameplay. Exactly. Now, you can earn five new rewards through quests, and they showed off the uh, Ghost Shell Exotic Sparrow, a new exotic ornament for the Wardcliff Coil, and the Flaunting Dance Emote. Now, you may note that's four. We don't know what the fifth is just yet. You guys probably do if you're uh, watching the news today. I'm sure more consoles push something out, some cool video showing off that new thing. Now, everything that you earn from Crimson Engram's Diddy can be dismantled for Bright Dust, which is a nice nuance to uh, point out to the player base there. And Tess will have some of the Crimson Days library available for purchase with Silver Dust. You can't purchase the Engrams. They can only be earned through gameplay. But what, what do you think about this? I mean, on paper for myself, I know I'm going to be booting it up to try the new game mode. We get a new map coming in here. And most important to me, what I think is really cool is like the ghost shell, the sparrow, and the ornament plus the emote. Some of those are tied to like go do the nightfall or go beat the raid. It's not all centered in PvP. Overall, I, this is kind of a positive step for events, I feel. I agree. I mean, this reward system and playlist, of course, is, you know, enticing me to come back and play Destiny 2. You know, it's it's just so great to see them make this kind of change because this is this is an event that's focused on earning loot through gameplay. And that's what it should be, right? That's what it should be all about. And I think the fifth reward actually is hidden in that little text on that first bullet point. It says, earn the Fire of the Crimson Days emblem and the ghost shell. So ah, it's, you're right. It's a, it's a okay. two in one. Well yeah, done. So, Thank you. So there you go. There's that <laughs> fifth reward there. But like you said, on that note, five rewards tied to specific activities. It says, hey, I want that piece of gear. I got to go do the raid for that. I got to go do the nightfall. I have to go do crucible. I have to do this milestone. That's awesome because it gives you a clear path of how to get that specific loot. That's great. I love that. The knockout list. I wonder if the knockout list can extend to other sectors, right? If there's yes, like a portion like of Ingrams. What was that? Like exotic Ingrams. Totally. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't want, you know, 
my fifth set of those boots, those frosty boots or whatever they are, they are in Destiny 2. It's just, what? Come on. I want my, oh, man, I want other boots there. I think you, you have to segment the loot pool and be careful, though, because we've also right. heard from the community, I missed that really incredible feeling when the Gallarhorn dropped, right? Well, if it's a yes. knockout list, you know when you're going to get it, right? If you've hit everything else, you've checked all the boxes. <laughs> I think it's important to still have that sort of level of chance with some of the gear, right? Having some pursuits that you work hard and you are guaranteed to get it is phenomenal, but also having a subset where you don't know and that drop chance is really stinking low. I got a very like handful of funny comments because I covered Monster Hunter's like DLC model and Capcom and the developers of Monster Hunter World have been very outspoken against loot boxes saying it would completely disrupt the flow of the game and create a lot of friction for the players. We're not going to be doing loot boxes. But the comments are the best because they're like, the game is the loot box. You hunt the monster for the 1% drop chance of that <laughs> dumb gem you need. And it just made me laugh. But yeah, there still is a lot of hype. Even when I know I can kill the Lava Seeth like eight times or whatever, trying to get that one particular drop. If I don't get it, I'm bummed. But that one time it drops, it's like, oh, that was, oh, yes, sweet. Also, with all that juicy Crimson Days information, we also got a, a juicy TWAB this week, like we mentioned at the top of the show, with some really great details about a few additions that are coming in the pipeline for that quote-unquote February patch, uh, <laughs> February 27th uh, to, to March there. Nightfall scoring, challenge cards, and rewards. Updates to that as well. Now, the Nightfall scoring, they are removing the timer right? There's not going to be a timer that's basically a pass or fail system on that Nightfall. They're actually introducing scoring this time around. Very uh, similar to Destiny 1 had that implemented there as well. And now they did acknowledge in Destiny 1 there were problems with the the, the scoring, specifically where uh, it encouraged every teammate get a shot in on the monster to maximize their score. So the assist points there uh, were needed for the higher scores, and that kind of became tedious. So they've kind of reworked the way the scoring works this time around. Mm -hmm. So the new scoring system has a mix of team-based and some of individual scoring mechanics included here. Like Diddy was saying, the scoring in D1 didn't really have any great rewards associated with it, and some of the elements made, especially during the Prison of Elders scoring stuff, just some really weird strategies to make sure you were on the top. And they're aware of it, and hopefully they're able to tune this new system now, the new system is driven, the scoring is primarily driven by kills with a secondary influence or emphasis on orb generation. So, like, how well you can execute your super in those high-pressure situations. That's pretty cool, right? Night Stalkers, Night Stalkers rejoice. Get that masterwork uh, weapons going as well. And just generate tons and tons of orbs for your teammates as well as getting all the kills. Yes. There you go. Now, there is still a timing mechanic here. It's not a pass-fail system like the current Nightfall, but score will bleed over time, so there is an encouragement to play quickly. Scoring cuts off after certain time thresholds, so at 15 minutes, new points earned are reduced by 50%, and at 18 minutes, you stop earning new points altogether, and it's a rush to the finish line. I like this. This is still an element that satisfies the timing portion. You shouldn't just be able to take all the time in the world to kill every mob out there. However, it also, I hope, satisfies the complaints of the players who didn't enjoy the pass-fail system. So if you want to take your time, you can still go engage with the Nightfall and beat it. 
you just won't be winning any of those high score awards if you're taking 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I think this is a really good compromise with the still having an artificial time limit in there, but not a limit, like you said, that fails you if you don't complete it in that allotted time. Just that someone who, uh, a fire team who completes the strike or the nightfall quicker should have a higher potential score. Mm-hmm. And then there are challenge cards, which let you augment how difficult and how much like additional scoring elements you want. So these are items that let you boost the challenge for more of those scoring rewards. Um, basically, you can pick and choose and tune it to what challenge your fire team level is at. There's three of them that we know about right now, right? Diddy, what, what are they? It's going to be the Extinguish, which is basically the original Nightfall modifier, where uh, it's, it's the one that returns you to orbit when your team wipes. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what you know veteran Destiny players are going to uh, feel most comfortable with. Elemental Singed, which boosts elemental damage from all the element sources by 25%. Now, in the 12, they did have a screenshot of one of these modifiers, and it only specified solar. Mm-hmm. So it, this, this is not, even though it says boost damage from all elemental sources, that's not a rainbow burn, uh, potentially. It's just going to be that one solar arc or void there. Yep. And then, of course, the power modifier, it will decrease your power level slightly. And, of course, all of these modifiers give you a, a multiplier, a score multiplier to increase your potential score. What is this challenge, Diddy, if there's no rewards? So, the new rewards, we have (laughs) emblems for each strike, which will show what your highest score is on that particular strike. That's nifty. These emblems are the source of the armor auras, which will show automatically if your score is high enough. So, let's say I'm doing the new Curse of Osiris strike, Diddy, it's the Nightfall. We get the high score, and the threshold is high enough we automatically will have that armor aura enabled. Now, Bungie are going to be the ones who set the minimum aura score threshold, and they may change it over time to better match that of the community's scoring efficiency. There's another buff that you get too, I think, for having it above, right? Yeah, so having a score above that threshold will actually increase token drop rates in that strike, and uh, you might need to have the emblem equipped in order for that to take effect. We don't know that for sure until it happens. Mm Mm-hmm. And then one step above those emblems are an even rarer set of emblems that can be attained by getting an even higher score than that particular threshold thing. Now, Bungie is not building these for them to be easily accessible. They have said that these will be hard to get, and that's just how it's going to be. My question to you, Diddy, what do you think of this new scoring system, the challenge modifiers, and these rewards? I think it's really great. I mean... It's what the timer really deterred me from soloing or attempting to solo the Nightfalls in Destiny 2 so far. Now with the scoring mechanic and I you know, can take all the time I want to see how I can do by myself or with a fire team, I love that. I love strike scoring when they introduced it in Destiny 1. I was super excited when they announced it and I was super excited when they put it in there. I'm super excited now because finally, yes, I can, I can show you on my emblem. Yeah, I did get... 3 million points on this nightfall and the threshold was 100,000. So, yeah, bragging rights. Let's do it. You brought up a good point for me, too. Soloing the nightfall is not something I've engaged with hardly ever in Destiny 2. I was trying to think if... I mean, I know I've (laughs) attempted it a few times, but gotten frustrated and given up because now this is something I can go out and pursue. We're not going to be setting any high scores, but if I want to get my weekly reward, right, from doing the nightfall and nobody's on... 
that was a really fun challenge back in Destiny 1. It was something that you could just go and do and feel sort of a little sense of accomplishment with it. The token buff, like getting more tokens if you are above the threshold. I don't need more tokens, <laughs> but, and this is what I mentioned to you in the pre-show, by Bungie creating this, they've done the hard part, right? They've fixed essentially the back-end economy for making the rewards. All they have to do is fill the store with a bunch of sexy stuff that you want now, right? I may not want tokens right now, but come three months down the road or whenever, all they have to do is stuff the shop full, not the ever shop, but just some vendor or something in the tower where I can use these tokens, stuff it full of really great looking gear and great looking cosmetic goodies. And then you suddenly have a, a good incentive. The hard part is actually building that back end, which is the economy that's driving that, right? And I think with this, they've done the hard part of it. They still need to have that item shop full of lots of things that I want to spend my tokens on. But overall, I, I like it. I think this is all very positive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if Devrim K can sell a Destiny 2 No Land Beyond with an ornament bundle for 5,000 EDZ tokens, you bet your butt I'm going to grind <laughs> that EDZ Nightfall to get those 5,000 tokens to get that gear. Because, again, like you said, guaranteed reward because I know I go to the vendor I need tokens to get it. I'm going to go to the Nightfall because I got that buff. I got that emblem. We're good to go. Yep. Well, let's pivot here then to the rest of the TWAB, which is this new loadout mode raid changes. This is interesting. So basically what they're saying is come May, it might be pushed back to layer, but each uh, week, one raid or raid layer will have a curated prestige mode. This curated prestige mode in the example that they gave here is let's say week one is Eater of Worlds. It requires a loadout that has a hand cannon in the kinetic slot, scout rifle in the energy slot, and for the power weapon, linear fusion. And then a modifier of marksman on top of it. Precision damage is increased. Landing a precision shot grants one ammo directly back into the magazine. And I will add one quote here, Diddy, and they're saying, going forward, all raids will all have a normal mode active at all times. And each week, one raid or raid layer will have a curated loadout mode, end quote. So this is something that they're putting together, I believe, to try and really get people to play raids on a weekly basis with a fresh spin on it, you know? Yeah, I, I would say that is true. And I do want to point out, they say they're going to launch this at the with the DLC 2. That they, they said that in the 12. That's their goal, right? Yes. And I want to note as well on your quote there, each, quote-unquote, each week, one raid or raid lair will have a curated loadout mode. Now, this reads, to me, as I understand it, it's still kind of vague there of how they're exactly they're going to do it, but to me, I understand this as one week. There's going to be a weekly re, uh, raid prestige loadout modifier, curated prestige modifier, right? And it's going to replace that specific raid or raid lair's prestige mode. The other normal modes and the other prestige modes are still going to be active, but for Eater of Worlds, for example, that week, the Eater of Worlds prestige mode is going to have a curated loadout mode. Yeah. So you're going to have to do that. I think that's I think that's great. And the example they gave with Marksman, I do want to point out here with their, uh, their semantics or their addiction here, landing precision shots grants one ammo directly to the magazine. Not kills, shots. So this is Black Hammer 
black spindle levels of awesome. So I'm really excited about that. Now, there is another way to read this, right? And I'll ask this question just to put it out for the community. Will this be taking the place of the regular prestige mode? And is Bungie trying to completely like revamp what prestige mode is? Again, the quote says going forward, all raids will have a normal mode active at all times. And each week, one raid or raid layer will have a curated loadout mode. So I'll ask it from the other perspective where maybe they're pulling prestige mode off of the active game, replacing it with this curated loadout prestige mode while they figure out what prestige mode really is and what they want it to be. You know, is it, I, I understand what they're doing here. It seems smart to me, a good way to leverage creative incentive to play each week without having to add new mechanics. Because I think we all want new mechanics when we hear prestige mode. And we were all already told up front, Eater of Worlds prestige mode, we're not really going to be changing the mechanics of it. That takes a lot of dev time and dev resources away from our ability to make the next raid layer or the next big raid. So this curated loadout mode allows them to sort of, I feel like, bridge the gap between there's no real new mechanics with the boss, but when we add these modifiers and these restrictions on you, you're going to have to change the way you play. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I would agree 100%. And it, it does it does have that sense of difficulty, right? Because you're locked into those specific weapons in order to do the prestige mode, which is already harder yes. in its own right. And the, the week two example that they gave is just mean sidearm and submachine gun with a shotgun. Up close and personal prestige mode that's hard <laughs> yeah this <laughs> will difficult. make though for a lot of freshness right and maybe this will be something like if there's a very successful week they can bring that particular curated week back because you could see huge potential with content creators i know dotto i think would resonate with this because if there's a really great guide for this ultra difficult curated mode this week there's big potential for content creators and influencers and just general talk on DTS. Dude, Diddy, did you see this week at the baths? It was insane. <laughs> he was having to use a sword. Yeah, and I do really appreciate, of course, I'm going back to the examples that they gave, the modifiers on top of the required loadouts, they seem to mesh really well yeah. together. Like that close, and close, up, close quarters that I just mentioned, the modifier is your melee damage is increased and melee kills grant you bonus super. That meshes really well with the weapon type that they're using, right? And, I mean, it's really cool. Example three, they say your energy slot has to be Risk Runner. That's an exotic. So they can actually specify you have to use this gun. I think I think this, really, this is a really neat idea. We'll, we'll have to see how it plays out, of course, but I think it's really neat. And we'll end with a quote from them. The goal of the new prestige mode is simple. Provide new ways to engage with raid content each week new ways to engage with different weapons in your vault and new rewards to chase. So yeah, they didn't outline here specifically the reward system, but I'm betting they're building a reward system in tandem with this. Yeah, I mean, for a required loadout, maybe you're rewarded with a loadout or a weapon or a piece of armor that synthesizes with that loadout. Yes. I think that'd be really cool. All right, let's move on to the Activision Blizzard quarter four investor earnings call. We cover these investor earnings calls every quarter because sometimes there's nuggets of news. The main nugget of news for this one is, yes, we are going to be getting a big expansion to Destiny 2. No surprise for most of us. <laughs> Later this year, sometime in either Q3 or Q4, they noted fall, I think it was. But um, yeah, I'm just going to read through my high points and notes from here. I know you've already checked it out, but 
In 2017, Activision Blizzard made $4 billion from microtransactions. Whoa. All the money. Uh, $2 billion of that, though, is from King, the people, the people who make Candy Crush. So $4 billion is a lot to make in microtransactions, but to have 50% of that being from your mobile game developer, it, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Overwatch League is kicking butt. They had 10 million unique viewers during the first week, and the largest concurrent viewership was 280,000 viewers. And they noted, our efforts have already led to increased global demand for expansion teams, which we expect to start selling later this year. They want to see this expand outward and eventually obviously have broadcast studios in other countries rather than just focusing on the North American. Like right now, I think the only studio they have is the studio out in Anaheim, the MLG Blizzard mm -hmm. Arena or whatever it is. So, Yeah, and I will say I watched a few games this last week. And I was entertained, right? It was before I was playing Warframe this week and I loaded up Overwatch and it said, oh, Overwatch League is live right there in the game. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can click on that. And it shows the scoreboard really live and I can click on watch now and it opens Twitch and it's just, it was just really smooth to see that kind of set up. You know, you're playing the game. It notifies you that the pros are playing. You can watch. It gives you a link. That was neat. That was really neat. And the casters there were really great. Plays were great, and it was actually a really cool setup. Yep. Uh, 385 million monthly active users in quarter four, which is up from 384 in quarter three, so they bumped it up by 1 million. 290 million of those are from King, and then Activision had 55 million monthly active users. COD World War II was the top-grossing console game worldwide in 2017, which is just insane. Uh, they go into some of the COD numbers, and it's ludicrous how financially successful that uh, franchise is destiny two quotes which i'll go into here turning now to destiny destiny 2 had an impressive launch highly rated and second to call of duty as the highest grossing console game in north america in 2017 it added a critically acclaimed pc version with uh, distribution offered on battle.net and the attach rate blah 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 was higher for yeah so those are the positive things and then though now with that said we haven't yet sustainably expanded destiny community Bungie is hard at work improving the game. The good news is that the Destiny community is deeply a deeply committed, vocal, passionate player base as they responded in the past when we made improvements based on their sentiments. And I'll continue the quote here. There are also two epic adventures on the horizon with Expansion 2 in May, like Diddy called it, <laughs> and a major content launch later this year. There is magic in this franchise and we're committed to meeting our own and our players' expectations in the coming quarters. So, little insight there. The Crash Insane trilogy sold really well, and they're looking at making more Crash games in the future, which is cool. Blizzard had 40 million monthly active users in quarter four, and seven of the top 20 games uh, on Twitch, which that's the first time I've actually seen them mention streaming numbers in these investor calls. And let us see here. So here we go. We expect Activision to grow modestly year over year, driven primarily by Call of Duty's digital season of content and the exciting new release plan for quarter four. As Cody mentioned, Activision and Bungie are hard at work on Destiny 2 to improve the in-game engagement through regular updates and events, which we anticipate will benefit performance later this year, with the release of a new expansion in May and a major expansion in the second half of the year. And last quote before I finish monologuing and Diddy can throw his hat in the ring here. Somebody <laughs> did ask, one of the questions was, can you give us a little more color 
on the trends you're seeing around player engagements, in-game monetization, and then again, a little more color just about how you're thinking about the game relating to Destiny and the plans for 2018. Eric Hirschberg, I think this is going to be his last call before he finishes up with Activision. And he notes that it was, um, okay, here we go. Destiny won, and it received lots of rewards. And on top of that, we saw a very positive sentiment and new franchise high levels of engagement for the first couple of months post-launch. Now, after that, meaning after players report a significant amount of hours already into the game, we have definitely seen some real sentiment issues surface in a couple of areas. And we have plans to address those. For example, one of the things we wanted to do with Destiny 2 was to make the game a little bit less of a grind based on feedback we heard. And we also wanted to provide players with more direct paths to getting the game's best rewards. And that actually allowed our core players to consume the content faster than we anticipated. And that has led to an increase in players calling for more challenges and better rewards in the ongoing game. This is a live game and responding to player feedback is a part of the process in this game and any live game. And we feel we have the right plans in place to address those concerns. Last week, Bungie put out a detailed roadmap and the expansion coming in May and blah, 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 blah. We're on the right path forward and we're committed uh, to listening and communicating with our community that kind of a deal. So those are your your main bits and pieces from the call on Destiny Two. Initial thoughts, Diddy. Uh, more on the stuff that you just talked about. How they were talking about how you know the feedback of Destiny One. It was too much of a grind. We wanted to give them more direct paths to great game's greatest gear. To me, that shouts Eververse, of course. Uh, but now, of course, with Crimson Days, I think that's a really good you know improvement. Uh, but it just reminded me of uh, back in college when I was on a drum line there, the instructor would say, okay, you didn't go far enough during that phrase or uh, you went too far that phrase. Destiny 1 was too much of a grind and now Destiny 2 is not enough and we call that an overcorrection. And with the live team doing now, specifically with all the development updates and with the Crimson Days reward system and the lockout, for the Ingrams, I think that's a it, it's getting back. It's getting back to where the sweet spot is, right? They they went too far to try and address issues or feedback from Destiny One, and they're just reeling it back in. And I think it's good. It bodes well for the year. And of course, May DLC two, just like House of Wolves, and then expansion just like Taken King from Destiny One, identical carbon copy. Hopefully, fingers crossed, another expansion in December of this year. Uh, akin to the size of, you know, a little bit bigger than Curse of Osiris, uh, but hopefully the size of whatever's coming in May. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, of course, this investor earnings call is not for players. It's for investors. So a lot of the verbiage there is not what players want to hear. But, of course, that's not the intent of the call. But it is just, it's good information that the people who handle the money they're 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 like yeah yeah we know what's happening we're this is what we're trying to do to you know make you more money or fix it or get the players to stay engaged i think that's a a hot word keep players engaged with their game so that they in turn earn more money but i like engagement i want to play the game so give me things to do in the game i was shocked that they actually did talk about that sentiment shift and that they gave some transparency into the accessibility thing, right? We have figured yes. Bungie intentionally had tried to make it a much more accessible experience, but it, it's clear to me 
Activision was working closely with Bungie to sort of employ or enforce that more accessible vision of Destiny. So I didn't know that they were working that closely together, and I feel after the quote, you can see that this was a directive that is closely tied at the hip to Activision and Bungie together. And then I'm just, again, I went into this thinking it was nothing but a cheerleader call for Overwatch League and nothing on there, but they really say, well, we expect modest growth from Activision, and that's going to be mainly due to COD. That's, he's basically saying, you're not going to see the biggest numbers for Destiny in terms of expansion purchases <laughs> or DLC purchases until we get the engagement back in line with where we want it. That's a pretty big insight, man. I, I wouldn't have said that if I was on the call. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he's leaving, so that's he, right. He has the. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll just say it. I don't care. Let's do it. No, yeah. I'm sure he uh, he actually cares. So yeah, and Thank also the, the roadmap thing, did he? It also shows again every bit of PR has to go through somebody at Activision. <laughs> that Destiny roadmap that released the timeline roadmap right before the week before we talked about it last week. That all was a big point within this call that they talked about like three or four times. So there is definitely PR people working very closely with Bungie on all of this stuff. Yes. Yep. Well, that might be boring for some people, but I like it, and I think you like it too, Diddy, and I hope there's at least a little bit of insight in there. The Taken Queen is the name that I think the community has dubbed this fall's <laughs> expansion. I like it. Let's roll with it. Let's Marasov. hope Marasov. Yes, please. <laughs> and bring back a <her> brother. <laughs> I mean, the recent leak did say Crow's something, and her brother was the Crow, so... The Photoshop leak? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash DiddyDTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. Hang out with us on Discord, discord.me slash Destiny the Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Destiny the Show, and all the links from today and more are on our website, destinytheshow.com. You can follow me at BBK Dragoon on both YouTube, Twitter, and also Twitch now. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk with you next time.